Hi, welcome to the shallow dive on the Dafyomi. I hope you enjoy. Towards the bottom. If someone has a dream with a corpse in their house, that's counterintuitively a good omen, a sign of peace in the house. If the corpse ate or drank in the house, it's also a good sign. It's simen for the house. Not al kalim in habayis, simen But if he starts walking out with your stuff, that's not a good sign. The dead person? Yes. Yeah, not a good sign. Okay, dead person. papa, so, Rav Papa says that the case, Rashi says, Rashi explains, Misana v'sandala simen yotze chutzhu shemotzi acher min abayis. That it's uh, the sign of being taken out uh, that, that others are bringing out of your house if they remove the uh, shoe strap or the the sole, the, sh- the bottom of the shoe, that uh, is not a good sign if that's being taken out of the house. Called a shokil shechva male, but whatever is taken by the one who is lying, a way of referring to the dead, that's good. Except for these two things. They're taking out the, the shoe strap or the, the sole, that is not a good sign if the corpse takes that. Called the Yoiv Shechva Male, whatever he gives is good. It's a good sign. Bar me'afra v'chadla. With the exceptions being if he gives dirt or dust, or if he gives chadla, uh, it's mustard. If mustard powder, it's uh, also not a good sign for the corpse to be giving. Strange dreams. Mokom shnekra mimeno avodazara. Someone encounters a place that has previously been used for idolatrous rite, and now that's no longer the case. It's been uprooted. That's uh, from the Mishnah. Tonarabana. Haroe markulis ome shanosan erech apaim leovre ritsono. If someone sees markulis as a type of idolatry, where it's got some pillars and it's worshipped by casting stones at this uh, idolatrous structure. So, if it's in action, the blessing to be made is, blessed is the one who is uh, patient to those that transgress his will. If one encounters a place where the idolatry was uprooted, then the blessing made is, blessed is the one who has uprooted idolatry from our land. And just as it's been uprooted from this place, so too may it be uprooted from all places in Israel. And a further request 
uh, beseeching God that he return the hearts of those engaging in idolatrous service to serve him. May, God, may they be returned to your service. If this scene takes place, they encounter it outside of the land of Israel. Then it's not necessary. No specific requirement to say, and may God return the hearts of the idolaters to your service. Because it's generally non-Jewish idolaters, that's the opinion of the Tanakhama. Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar Omer, he disagrees. Even outside of the land of Israel, okay, he must also make this additional request. Why? Because they will in the future convert. Shneemar, as it says, verse in Sefanyo, Ki oz epoch el amim sofav luro likro chulom b'shem Adonai laavdo shechem echod. Then I will turn, switch for the nations a clear, clear lips to call out all of them in the name of God to serve Him with one shoulder. That's the prophecy in Sefanya. What does that mean exactly? Good question. I'm not sure myself the extent of this conversion. The uh, the idea is mentioned by Marikara on the Pasik. Chabura Achas Shechem Echod. He interprets the one with one shoulder as in one group, she is Gairukulam L'Shem Hashem. They will all convert for the sake of God. Are, well, it's, it's symbolic. It's a marshal. It's a metaphor referring to how they will serve Hashem together. That's the idea. Uh, the, this is like beasts of burden. Like, okay. I saw that commentary here. I opened up the Zephania and opened up the commentary. So. Okay, which commentary are you looking at? Uh, I'll show you. JPS. Let me just show you. There, right there. Okay. I thought that was interesting. There's several on here. So, an English one. <laughs> so, yeah, when it says L'Shem Hashem for the service of God, are we talking about converting to accept all 613 commandments to join up to the Jewish people? Or do we mean to become Bnei Noach? L'Shem Hashem means to be restored to the service of God and the most basic command is to not engage in idolatry but to serve the one true God, creator of the universe, not any subordinate powers as independent. So that's, that is not so clear over here what the extent of this conversion is and what the interpretation of uh, Shem Hashem what type of Gerus is this the Gemar Nyavamas Chavdalim Abbez says 
We will not accept converts in the days of the Messiah. It's a good question. What's what's the idea? So the Gemara continues. In a similar vein, historically, converts were not accepted by the official courts. In the days of King David and King Solomon, it was a less than opportune time to accept converts. Clearly, converts were accepted, but they were, I guess you could say, gray market. It was not done through the official channels. And there, there was, uh, as Ramam, Baskins, they were uh, not, not viewed fully as Gerit Sedek, as righteous converts, until it became clear that they were genuinely sincere. The concern and the good times, King David, King Solomon, is that they're coming for ulterior motives. Why become Jewish? Hey, join them to the winning team. Things are looking great. That is not an issue in the time of exile. But, just as it was an issue in the times of King David and King Solomon, it would be an issue in the times of Melech HaMashiach, Messiah. So, how does that work with the prophecy in Sephania about a future of converts? Speaking of the remnants after the destruction, Gog and Magog, it could be understood as a conversion to accept the seven Noahide laws. That's a, a, another interpretation. The Shem Hashem doesn't mean to accept the 613 commands, but to accept the seven laws of Noah. And we find uh, a reference in the Talmud and in Medrash, Brisa, various places, to a future where there will be an expansion for the sons of Noah of 30 laws. When he says seven laws, it's really seven very broad categories. The 30 would be an extension on that. Medrash says in B'Rish Rabbo, what do we need Melech HaMashiach for? Well, the Gemara says, we do have the Torah. That's not going to be changed. But for the non-Jews, there will be a tremendous shift and benefit of the Messianic era and reflected in the expansion from seven laws to 30. One of the ideas mentioned there. So, it certainly is quite possible that that is what we're referring to over here, not to a conversion to accept Judaism per se, but to accept uh, the general requirements of humanity that, that were originally given to Adam, continued through to Noah, and ultimately with the, the Messiah will be expanded in the full form of, of the vision for humanity. Does that mean that for Gary, who really wants to be? Can't really trust him? It's not that you can't trust him. It's that you have to, ideally, in order to lichachila, to accept a gertzedek, you have to be able to have an, a clarity as the court that he is coming for pristine in, intent. Coming to come close to God with no ulterior motives. And if you're not able to do that, so then you shouldn't be accepting this potential convert. So that's, that is... Uh, that means there could be... Sounds like there could be no... 
it's very hard to get a real haircut. Very hard to get? You have to, you have to be a good dad. You have to be a good bezdin. So, what was that? There is a very common theme, and that's sincerity. Yes. Yeah, that's... Because it relates to the Jewish concept of justice. And if someone is more inclined to convert when times are tough, when it's not so obvious who the winning side is, that is an element of justice that their desire is sincere. Mm -hmm. So it kind of weighs that out, meaning that you, I mean, someone who's doing it because they're doing it out of sincerity is an element of, of justice in knowing their intent. Because we have to kind of view everything from a just point of view. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the whole point in, in, in the Mashiach is, is in kings to rule, to ex execute justice. And part of that is, it's kind of, it's a good question to say, do we know that they're really sincere? Right, an important, very important point. And even though they weren't considered in a position to make absolute clarity, uh, to, to determine with absolute clarity that that was the case, there were other courts called Bezden Shalhadiotos, not the official courts, that did do conversions in the times of King David and King Solomon. It was not, it was not the ideal. It works. Now, although the Gemara does present them as parallel, the Rambam only mentions the second part, the historical part. It doesn't mention, to my knowledge, that in the future that will be the same, although the Gemara is presenting it as a parallel. He does paskin, like Rabbi Shabbat Malazar over here, that seems to be in accord with the position that the, there will be conversion in the future, and that's why there's a need to make the supplication even outside of the land of Israel for the non-Jewish world uh, request and beseeching God that he return their hearts to the service. The question is though, does, does that mean conversion of yeah. becoming Jewish or conversion to mm -hmm. the, the right. Noahide laws? It's not 100% clear. And uh, it's, we, we kind of have to follow on what we know outside of that. Too. Right, conceivably, even if we're not in a position to determine it and they weren't necessarily in the times of King David and King Solomon, maybe Melech HaMashiach will be able to determine that. And it's not an exact parallel. It's, it's not necessarily, uh, like I said, it, 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 you could learn it in, in multiple, multiple ways. Uh, but the Ramam, to my knowledge, does not bring down this uh, teaching, L'Halacha does not uh, record it, Liamos Mashiach, even though he does bring Lahalocha. He, he speaks about in Yad Chazaka what will be the, the halachic status and requirements, prohibitions, if there will be any changes, Liamos Mashiach, in the future, the, the Messianic era. To my knowledge, the, that aspect is not brought. The question is, is the parallel 
uh, that's presented in the Talmud rejected halacha or is it accepted? Not 100% clear to me. Uh, something to think about. You have a, a proof. Let me know, please. Dorash Rav Hamanuna. Haroe Bavel Harasha'a Tzorech Levarech Chomesh Brachos. Rav Hamanuna darshaned that one who sees Babylon, the wicked, one needs to make a blessing, five different blessings. Ro'a Bavel Omer Baruch Shehechriv Bavel Harasha'a. He sees Babylon. He says, Blessed is the one who has uh, destroyed the wicked Babylon. Ra'a beiso shal nebuchadnezzar omer borch shehechriv beiso shal nebuchadnezzar harasha. One who sees the ruins of the wicked nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, he makes the blessing. Blessed is the one who has destroyed the house of nebuchadnezzar, the wicked. Ra'a gov shal arayos o kivshan ha'ish omer borch she'oso nisim either the gear says lavosenu or the girsa that we have brought by the gra is Latzadikim, so uh, which is also brought by uh, other shonim. So either the the lion's den that was uh, featured in the miracle of Daniel, or the fiery furnace of Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Blessed is the one who's performed miracles for the righteous in this place. When he sees a working uh, idolatrous rite of Markulis, blessed is the one who is uh, patient with those that transgress his will. Ra'a makom shenotlin mimeno afar omer baruch omer ve'ose. When it sees a place in Babylon where they take dirt from there, Rashi says, makom yesh b'bavel. There is a place in Babylon she'ein behem ayotzim isham im ein nosna le afar me afar hamakom that animals don't leave from it unless they're packed on with dirt from that place. V'simen hashmad m'klausar shabava It's a sign of destruction and the curse of Babylon. So it's a, it's a sign of uh, destruction. That's the, the idea here to witness this place. And the blessing to be made is Baruch Omer ve'ose one who has uh, made an utterance and fulfilled. Gozer Umakayim decrees and makes it happen. Ravo Kiyavachose Chamre de Shakli Afra, when Ravo saw donkeys taking dirt, Tarif Luhu Yoda al Gabayu. He'd smack them on the back, the Oman and say, Rehutu Tzadike, run, righteous ones be. Uh, with alacrity, to fulfill the will of your master, meaning God, that they are busy carrying this dirt out of this place as a sign of the curse of Babylon, and he's spurring them on. Interesting, he's calling these donkeys righteous. 
uh, they're obviously they don't have free will, right? They don't have free will, but the idea that that they are instruments of the fulfillment of the the prophecy is uh, why he's calling them righteous and smacking them, presumably to make them go a little faster, to have his own hand at the fulfillment of this prophecy. So, Mar Borei de Ravino ki havemati lebovel, when Mad son of Ravino would come to Babylon, have a shokil afra besudre, he would take dirt in his uh, kerchief, shodi livra. This is a, a verse in Yeshaya. I've swept it away uh, with a sweeping of Hashmed, destruction. Uh, yours truly, the Lord of hosts. So he would uh, carry off with his... Uh, Kerchief, some of the dirt, uh, symbolically fulfilling that verse. Amr of Ashi, Ana, Hadar of Nuna Loshmili. Rav Ashi said, I actually hadn't heard this teaching of Rav Nuna. Ella, Midati, But on my own, I came to the conclusion concerning all of them and made the blessings all in accordance with the teachings of Rav Nuna based on my own. Thought process. Top of Nunches Amar Aleph. Amar Rabbi Yirmiya ben Elazar, Neskalkalu Bavel, Neskalkalu Shcheneha. That with the destruction of Babylon, its neighbors were also uh, devastated. Now Neskalkalu Bavel, by the curse of Babylon, the neighbors were cursed. Niskalala um, Shamron, when uh, Samaria was cursed, its neighbors were blessed. Rashi says, the curse of Babylon uh, brought a, a devastation, the curse to its neighbors, says Rashi, woe to the wicked. Woe to its neighbor. So we have to understand why that's not applicable to Shomron, the Samaria, Samaria which obviously was um, suffered devastation as a result of its sins, and uh, presumably deserved the title Russia, uh, wicked. Why were its neighbors not also experiencing oi, uh, woe to the neighbors? Neighbors got blessings. What, why is that? What's the difference? So that's uh, that's something that uh, we have. Let's see. Here we are. A verse in Mishlei, Proverbs, quoted by Melo Roim to explain it. Tova, tochachas megula. The open rebuke, public rebuke is is uh, good 
me'avo mesutaris, from love that is hidden, Mitzudas David explains, af ha-mochiach be-pirsum umach le-mochiach, even one who rebukes publicly and mortifies to the one who is receiving the rebuke, mikol makom tova hi, nonetheless it is good, im me'avo, if it comes from love, ha-misutares, he explains further, what does that mean? Believe. Hamochiach. That inside the heart of the one giving the rebuke, there's love. It's, it's, uh, the, the rebuke is not coming from vengeance or punishment. It's coming from love. Vikavanos, the intent of the rebuker, is liyashe darke hamochach velo likanto. He's coming to set him straight. It's not vengeance, it is uh, corrective. So that presumably would be the difference. Oil Rasha, Oil Shreino is Babylon, it was destructive rebuke uh, to, to wipe away the wickedness. And that caused devastation and curse for the neighbors surrounding. Whereas the rebuke against Samaria, although they were wicked, but it was. With, uh, with the longer-term goal of rehabilitation, and that was a, a boon for its neighbors, not by the Rasha or the So the Gemara brings uh, substantiation for these ideas. Niskala lo bavel, niskala lo with the curse of Babylon, its neighbors were cursed. Dichsiv, as is written in Isaiah. The Samtia Lemorash Kipod Bagme Maim the And I've placed it as a habitat for Kapod Rashi explains Chaius the Ophosroim are wild and dangerous creatures and birds. Umazikinasashrenim and they dis- cause damage to the neighbors. So that's the the curse uh, of Babylon, also affecting the neighbors adversely. By Shamron, though, Niskala lo Shamron the blessing for its neighbors is reflected in the verse Dersiv in Micho, Visamti Shamron lei hasode lematoe chorem. So, over here, it's being, the Shomron is being placed as a, a preparation for the planting of a vineyard. So it's being destroyed, but not in a manner that leaves a, a gaping hole of destruction, but preparation for growth and cultivation. Vomer of Hamnuna. So how is that a curse? Well, Shamun is being destroyed. Oh. But, but for, for good. It will, be, it will not be uh, destructive, cursing in the neighbors as well. Virav Hamnuna. Vomer of Hamnuna. Haroah. Ochuse Yisrael. Ome Borach. Chacham Harazim. 
For one sees the multitude of Israel, the blessing to be made is, blessed is the wise of secrets, the knower of secrets, in contrast, one who sees the multitude of idolaters, the blessing to be made, uh, or the verse to be applied, uh, is a verse in Jeremiah, uh, your, your mother is, uh, is embarrassed, is embarrassed, that's uh, not actually the, a blessing per se, a full blessing, but a verse applying the context. Is busha imachem me'od. Quoting a verse in Jeremiah. Not a full blessing with Shemu Malchus, but it's a verse that uh, has its appropriate fruition in this vision of idolatry. Tonar Abana. When he sees a large gathering, multitude of the Jewish people, makes the blessing, blesses is the wise knower of secrets, because they don't have the same way of understanding things. The impacts of fan and they don't look alike. Why does that matter? That's a good question. The Gemara does say elsewhere that that's a parallel, just as each one has a different faith, their perspective is also different. They, they see things differently, not just that we view them as individuals. They see things, each individual sees things differently. What's pretty perplexing is why this would seem, the face of it, to apply to a multitude of Israel, of course, I would think that uh, non-Jews or idolaters as well look different and think differently. So that's uh, somewhat surprising that we should not make the blessing equally on a multitude of 600,000, whoever the people may be. And I did find, actually, that uh, Matzchias points that out. He, in his commentary, says, Medrash, Pashas Pinchos, Medrash and Pashas Pinchos, concerning the verse, Yifkod Hashem, okay, Ruchos, says over there, the halacha is, Imro'a, Ochosei, Bnei Adam, Shal Bnei Adam, if you see a multitude of people, Omer Barachata Hashem, Elokeinu Melech Adam, Chacham Arazim, not differentiated between a multitude of Jews versus idolaters, just a multitude of people. And then it continues, like Argamar says, Just as they look differently from one another, so too they think differently from one another. So you see, he points out, it says, does not differentiate Jew or idolater. The question is why it says Right, he's saying the Medrash does not. He's saying that the Medrash is not. It's a different girsah. Also, 
for the reason given. The Gemara gives a reason. That reason presumably applies equally to idolaters. In addition, he brings the Tosefta and the Ushalmi. It says, Stam Haruah Ochusim, someone who sees a multitude. It does not say a multitude of Israel. So, Maratzchias is uh, not working with this differentiation that we see in our text, and that's brought in Shulchan Aruch, um, based on a medrash, as we saw, Tosefta Yushalmi, and the reasoning in our Gemara itself, which would seemingly apply equally to a multitude of any humanity. So, Benzoma, Ra'a, Ochuso, Al-Gabmala, Baharbais. Benzoma saw a multitude uh, ascending towards uh, on, on the Temple Mount. And he made this blessing. And blessed is the one who created all of these to serve me. What? What? Benzoma. That's what he said. Who haya omer? Benzoma would say, Kama yegiyas yoga adamarishan achimatsa pas lecho. How much toil and work did the first man have to engage in in order to find bread to eat? Kharash, he had to plow, zoran, to plant, kotsa, and to harvest. Omar, dosh, zara, bara, tochan, irke velosh, veofa. All sidur to pass all of the necessary activities to end with a product of bread to finally eat. Then he ate. I just roll out of bed. I get up, and it's all ready. What about getting dressed? Adamarishan had to work very hard till he got dressed. To shear the sheep, to... to uh, clean up to, to uh, dye the wool to, to uh, comb and, and spin to weave to, to uh, hem all sorts of processes then he had a garment to wear Vani says Benzoma but me I just pick it off the rack I'm good to go I have everything ready I don't have to do all that well, he's talking about himself. He's seeing, he's seeing, he is appreciating what he has. Adamishan did not have all this prepared for himself. So, that's, that's the way he perceived it. Kol umos. Shokto subos le pesach besi. Umnios is the, the girsa and the gilion, which makes a bit more sense. All of the various trades, necessary uh, engagements of labor in order to have uh, civilization. A lot of work needs to go into having things that a human needs. They're all ready by the entrance of my door. I don't know if he had Amazon Prime, but it says, Boas, Lopez, Albesi, they came straight to the entrance of my house. 
I just get up early and it's all ready. I don't have to work for it. Meaning, he doesn't need to do all of the work that goes into everything he needs. He's, he's being given and appreciating the synergy of all the people's chachma and avoda, the wisdom and work that go into building civilization. And he's the beneficiary of that and is appreciative of that. Benzom himself would say, Who is a good guest? One who says, What does he say? How many, um, how much trouble, how, how, how much uh, effort was expended by the host for me? How much meat did he bring before me? How much wine did he bring before me? How, how many uh, cakes and loaves did he bring before me? The whole mashatarach lo tarach elo bishvili. All that he worked, he only worked for me. But a bad guest, what does he say? What did he do already? This host, they just ate a little bread. A little piece. Just a, a slice. No, it doesn't even mention the meat. No, no just a slice probably. We, we had bread before. The bread is just one little bit of bread. And now khatikha is not even meat, just a slice. slice of meat. Presumably. Right. Yes. Kos echod shasisi, one cup I drink. What I what I get already from kol tarach balabais. What did he already work already? Lo tarach elabishvil ishtobanot. He did it all for his wife and children. He didn't even work for me. So then he has a. Scriptural support for both. And similarly, he has a verse, another verse, a little bit later in Eov. So various verses that uh, are appropriate for the good guest and the bad guest. And we have to try and understand uh, how this fits with what he said before. As, as you mentioned, it is on the heels of his previous statement. He's standing, he sees all in multitudes, by harabais, he makes a bracha, chachamarazim, the knower of secrets. And he's feeling a tremendous sense of gratitude that it's, he says it's for him. All this is for him. Right? Then he goes on to this statement about a good guest and a bad guest. How does the guest perceive his, what, what he is benefiting from his host? So I understand the bad guest is not looking at things in a proper way. Right? He's, he's looking at what he gained as insignificant and he's looking at what the host did for him also as coincidental and just uh, happens to be and all that puts together a situation 
that he's essentially not really being makirtov. He's not recognizing the benefit and the goodness that he's received. So that's a bad guess. He's not looking at it reasonably. But what about the other way? The good guess. Is he being so reasonable? What does he say? He's saying, everything he did was for me. Well, he he did. Sure. Yeah, what about that? What about that? Is that it? Is that really the whole story? Everything that he did make to give him was made just for him. That is correct. Now, he made other things maybe in the same oven, in the same loaf. Yeah, but he says all the tircha. All the tircha he did. That's what he said. All the tircha that he did in that piece that he ate was for him. Right, it says more than that, though. He said everything that he did. Yeah, that's right. Everything he did. On that piece of bread. That's not what he says. Read it. Read it. Kama tircha's toch ba'al bishuli. says, look at all the tircha, how much exertion that he did for me. And he doesn't, he doesn't say, he says, v'chol ma'ashat tarach lo tarach el bishuli. And all that he... No, nothing. he's just not looking at that. He's looking at all of the tercha, all of the exertion that the host undertook as being on his behalf, for him. So how is that reasonable? I understand that that enhances his sense of gratitude, but how is that reasonable? How is that not being extreme in a way that's deviating from the, the, the truth? Right? It's, as much as the, the bad guest is not looking at things in a fair way, the good guest, also we need to understand how that's reasonable. At least better than the bad guest. Of course, he's a good guest. But how is this, how is this reasonable? So, let's, let's look at this for a second. How, how, to, how, how do we understand a person who's making a meal? that his, let's say, wife and children will eat at. Wives and children, perhaps, in the case that I'm looking at with Yaakov, in contrast to his guests. So you take a look in the end of Vayetze. We have two psukim that we should note, a little contrast. There, one verse... Amen Aleph Memvav 3146 says, And Jacob said to his brothers, Liktu Avonim, gather stones, Avonim, Gal, gather these stones and make from them a mound, Al Hagal, for the uh, the feast on this mound. And the subsequent verse. It says, in a few verses later, verse 54, Nandalat, Vayizbach Yaakov Zevach Bahar, Vayikra Le'echov, and he called to his brothers after this offering, Le'echolochem to consume and eat a meal. Vayochlu Lechem Vayilin Bahar. So who are these brothers? Who are the brothers? Two verses near each other. The first verse, who are his brothers? Rashi says, Hembonov. They're his sons. They, according 
according to Medrash Rabbah, Ein Dalad Gimel, there is brothers that are there to approach and help for challenge and war. What's the, who's the identity? Who are these other brothers? A few verses later, for the meal. So the Pasuk says, Le'achov, Le'oavov Shim Lava, to his friends that were with Lava. Does not say his sons. He made this offering, the Zevach, and he called to his brothers. Rashi says here, not the same brothers he had just a few verses earlier, who are his sons. These brothers are his friends that came with Lavan. Interesting friends, right? These are the friends that, who knows what, had God not intervened, who knows what these friends would have done. <laughs> but they're Yaakov's friends, apparently. He called them to eat. What, what's, what's going on over here? The identity, major shift, who the brothers are. So the Sifse Chachamim says, Kan lo Rashi kamo Yaakov le'echov. A few verses earlier, Rashi does not say, like earlier, here, it's not possible to say that he made a feast for his sons. It's not, it's not possible. That's not possible. You never do that. Why doesn't it? Okay, so if you say that that's not possible, so say over, so just switch the other way. Why don't we say earlier, like here, it means his friends that were with Lavan. Because he commanded them to gather stones. Which people is it Shaykh to say that he's making a command to? Ardafka, his sons. The brothers, the brothers over there would not be his friends, would be his sons. He's giving a tzivui, a command. He's not saying, please. He's giving them a command. Fulfillment of the mitzvah of Kibbutz. So you have two different identities. Each verse cannot push the same identity in the other verse. The first verse is talking about his sons, the command to his sons to gather stones. Second verse, inviting them for this big feast. He would never do that for his sons. He's doing that for his friends. So who would Yaakov make a feast for? It's not Shayach for his sons. Only for his friends. That's who he would host a big feast for. So that must be who he's talking about. That's what Sifseh Chachamim says. Pushing. Who would somebody make this tircha of the Mishnah? All this tircha, massive spread for his friends. Oavav, with Lavan, not Banav. Of course, I'm sure he's interested in taking care of his family, no, no doubt about that. But who would he make this for? Who is behind the tircha, Yisera, that he's engaging in? All that effort, while well, Yaakov is doing it, Clearly for his friends. Oavo. Not for his sons. Fascinating. Fascinating. We find in a, in a similar vein the laws of Suda having a meal. So Shulchan Aruch brings quoting a Gemara in Chulin. Kuf Ayin. Sif Yudtes. So, Archaim 170, 19. Guests enter into the home of the host. 
They're not allowed to take from what was allotted to them and give it to the son of the Balabais. Or to his servant. He must first get permission. He cannot just unilaterally offer food that was given to him as a guest to the family of the host. So, Chulun Sarekdal, if you take a look over there, it's a, a terrible, tragic story that the, it was a time of famine and the guests were given three eggs and they saw that they, there wasn't much in the house. They decided to share it with a child and the child has two hands, one egg in each hand and one egg that he's busy chomping on. The father sees what's going on. He's mortified. The kid took all the food. What's he going to give his guests now? So he smacks the kid down. Unfortunately, it's dangerous. Uh, wife saw what happened. And it was tragedy for her and for her husband. All because of this problem. They don't have her shus. It was given for them. They don't have permission to share it with the family members of the Balbites. What he's providing for the guests is for the guests. So that's uh, another indication of the focus of the host is on his guests. That's, that is the, the, the underlying um, assumption of what he's doing when he's hosting. And the, the guests need to be careful not to... Uh, to say, well, if he's giving to us, giving to his family, it's the same thing. No, it's not necessarily the same thing. So we do see that brat l'halacha. Still, it's, it's hard to say everything. It's hard to say everything. And that's what the, the good guest is saying. Everything that he's done is for me. Now, like you said before, everything that he gave courses for him. But all the tircha he did, perhaps what it means is that all the tircha that he did, he had me in mind. Meaning, of course, he also is trying to take care of his family. But from the perspective of the, the guest, when the host is working, he's got his guest in mind. So he's enhancing the sense of gratitude by recognizing that through all the processes of making this major feast, the host has the guests in mind, he's, he's going to be more grateful uh, that, that that was an ever-present consideration in the mind of the host. And Benzoma himself is the ultimate guest, the guest of God. He says, God, look at all these people that you made. All that you did to serve me. He's the good, he's the good guest. Ben Zoma is the good guest. He's tremendously appreciative. That's uh, interesting. What was that? Right. Both, both teachings of Ben Zoma. The Rambam in his Akdamara Pirish Mishnayis quotes this Gemara uh, somewhat extensively. He says, 
that everything that was created said is, is working towards I'm just paraphrasing here working towards uh, a an absolute purpose it says uh, a person needs so much if a person would need to engage in all of the personal needs all the skills he would have to acquire to just to take care of himself he would need more than the years of Methuselah just to learn all of the skills necessary to take care of himself so when is he going to get to Chachma? How's he going to get to Chachma? Anybody. If he has to, has to do so much, most people don't have an extra spare, you know, 969 years to, uh, to learn all the skills necessary to take care of themselves. Exactly. So when is he going to get to Chachma? When will this person learn wisdom? When is he going to uh, apprehend knowledge, divine knowledge and uh, sciences, etc.? How is he going to, to ever achieve that? He's too busy uh, learning how to, how to make a uh, microprocessor, how to make a mouse for his computer, <laughs> right? How to, how to make everything. It's very, very complicated. I don't know if anybody knows how to make one of those. But yeah, you need teams of people all over the world to, to put these things together. Like what? Uh, computer maps. So, he says, There are masses of people that are employed with a purpose of sustaining the needs of civilization. And the one who's engaging in Chachma is not secondary, but primary. And all these things are necessary to achieve the goal of apprehending the divine, the divine wisdom. In this manner you'll have the world be built up and wisdom. How fitting is the, the statement, the saying, if not for the fools, not for the fools, the world would be destroyed. There, the world needs plenty of people to be employed in making everything necessary for civilization, even if they themselves are not chachamim. The world needs them. It's a, Why burned? What? What? Why burned? Who's talking about burned? Kharif is destroyed. The world would be destroyed. There would be no building, there would be no civilization if you wouldn't have the, the necessary infrastructure of civilization, which by definition is at odds with the acquisition of Chachma. Can't do two things at once. Binyan, 
says that there's uh, lots of wearing away and challenge in, in, getting in engaging in trade, all sorts of professions that are necessary but taxing. So he says all that, all the exertion in order to make some money, dinner, and he gets uh, all these things that he's like, basically risked his life for, he'll be able to build, uh, he'll hire artisans, build on a piece of property, and he'll create a building that will stand for hundreds of years. And he knows beyond question that he's not going to live as long as that building. But nonetheless, that's what he does. That's what people do. And he says that's a kalus das. Hayesh kalus das chamur So he says in a general rule, v'chein v'kach kol ta'anugos ha'olam v'tavosov kalus das behechlet k'day yeshiv na'olam all of the pleasures of the world and the desires that are really not substantive, they're certainly there in place to facilitate the building of the world. So he continues, and he says, if this is the case, so how come we see sometimes a chacham, who seems to be in the service, of a non-chacham? Chachma is the purpose, so you'd understand that somebody who's engaging in a non-chachma necessary backdrop for achieving chachma, working for the chacham, fine. But the other way, we see the other way. We see the chacham working for somebody who's not a chacham. So how is that? How does that fit in with this idea? This is not as it appears. It says this person who's exil, he's engaging in large, grandiose projects that uh, don't, don't have... Uh, a purpose for himself, but they will achieve ultimately the goal of the Creator. Because of all his wealth and the projects that he undertakes, he will command his servants to build a massive palace or to plant a large vineyard, as kings do and those that try to act in a princely manner. And that palace will be ready for a chassid that will come, perhaps many years down the road and he will be able to sit in the shade of one of the walls, one of the, the beams of that palace and it'll save him, it'll protect him and that was the whole ultimate purpose of this construction that one time hundreds of years after it was built the Chosid will have some Hatzalah through this binyan or from this vineyard that was produced, a huge vineyard that produces so much wine in the future, it will be able to save some Adam Sholem. They'll be able to use that to create a salve that will heal somebody who's bitten by a, a wild beast. That is the, the way of God. It's hard for us to understand how he does things, but... He says, that's the, the idea. This matter was already described in our Gemara. 
Amr Shaben Zoma Ahaya Yoshib Harabais Vero Israel Olim. Ben Zoma was sitting by Harabais and see the Jewish people going up. The Omer, and he would declare, Baruch Shabar Kol Eile Lishaseni. Blessed is the one who created all of these to serve me. Lefi Shahaya. Ben Zoma was unique in his generation. So he was Baal Chachma of his dar. So that's, that was a fitting declaration from his perspective in terms of the purpose uh, of all, of the, all that goes in in a, in a longer term goal towards Chachma. That... that uh, was the perspective that he was taking. That's the Rambam's explanation, interpretation of this, this declaration of Benzoma. Yeah. Where are we over here? V'ha'ish v'meshal zokin ba'anoshim and the man in the, the days of King Saul was elderly, came with people. The verse says about Yishai, uh, the father of David Amalek, King David. Amar Rava, v'tamer of Zvid, v'tamer of Oshia, ze Yishai avidavid, sheyotze b'ochlusa, v'nechnas b'ochlusa, v'darish b'ochlusa. This is a reference, this verse is referring to Yishai, the father of David, that went out with a multitude, came in with a multitude, and Dorash, he, he taught Torah in a multitude. Amar Ula, naktinan ein, uchlusa bebavil. Ula says, we don't have a multitude in Babylonia. Interesting, what does that mean exactly? They don't have 600,000 in Babylonia, or 600,000 Jews in Babylonia. What is he saying exactly? In general, it's taught that what is called a multitude is 60, 10,000, 600,000. So, if you take a look at the Ramban, he describes this. Where's the Rambam? There. How does he describe this? In Brachos Perek Yud Halachir Aleph, Haroi Sheishmios Aleph Bnei Adam Ke'achad. When you see 600,000 men, people, at one place, im goim heim omer busha imochem eod, etc. The im Yisrael heim, u ve'eretz Yisrael mevarach baruch Hashem chacham arazim. So, the Ramam says, the the blessing to be said on seeing a multitude of Jews, six hundred thousand, in the land of Israel, is chacham arazim. He makes that qualification. So Kesef Mishnah is bothered by this a little bit. He quotes Rabbeinu Manoach, where the Ramam get this requirement 
that has to be specifically in the land of Israel. So he says maybe it's because of the story with Benzoma. The story of Benzoma was by Harabais. But the Kesem Mishnah is not impressed with that Viloni here. He says, so if that's the case, so why should he say in the land of Israel, say Baharabayas in Temple Mount? Say that it, only if you see 600,000 by the Temple Mount is this blessing said. Why does he say in the land of Israel? He saw the people from, from he was on the mountain, else. So he's, he says that's, that, that's not the, the implication at all. That was just what happened. That was Maiser Shahaya Kahaya. Vuhu Hadin Bechutzlaritz. Okay. Not Lomi Boy Harabayas, Bechutzlaritz. Says the Kesem Mishnah's own theory. Vesher, Shetam, Rabbeinu. Perhaps the idea of the Ramam, why he's qualifying the blessing of Chacham Arazim, specifically to 600,000 Jews in the land of Israel is based on the statement of Ula. Ein Maybe Ula wasn't just telling you uh, historical. Uh, just know, when you see a lot of Jews in Bavel, you don't make the bracha because we have less than 600,000. Say, no, even if we do have 600,000, in Bavel, which is a stand-in for Chutz Aretz, that's where the majority of Jews were, we don't make this blessing, even when we see 600,000 Jews. So possibly if there were 600,000? Possibly. But the din of Uchosav, the bracha on a multitude of Jews, is not relevant outside of the land of Israel. That's the interpretation the Kesav Mishnah is giving to explain where the Ramam is coming from. Even though you see 600,000, That's... Yeah, he... He does have a kasha from later on, Nuchesmebez. Well, he says maybe that's machlok. So we'll see that a little bit later. Shulchan Aruch does not make that requisite. Shulchan Aruch paskins that the brach has made even six hundred thousand. Period, regardless of whether whether they're in Israel or not. But the Rambam makes that qualification. Six hundred thousand Jews. Yes, he does not say like Matzchias six hundred thousand people. The Shulchan Aruch does paskin like the simple reading of our Gemara in spite of the challenge from the apparent reason of they don't think alike, they don't appear alike, that would seem to apply across the board. Uh, nonetheless, Shulchan Aruch does paskin the blessing specifically for 600,000, seeing 600,000 Jews. So this last teaching about the father of David, Yishai, that he was uh, uh, apparently came and went and taught with a multitude. Right? Not sure what the exact nekuda that we're supposed to derive from there. Uh, I, I don't know, but it, it seems to be presenting him in, in a favorable light that he was somehow connected to the nation on a national level. Is uh, usually nichnas yotzav uh, nichnas is is often used uh, going out and coming in is used as a dis- description of war, and that is the context. If you look in the psukim over there, it's talking about shaul preparing for war. So it could be saying that engaging in the needs of the nation 
and of course teaching Torah for the needs of the nation, uh, highlighting the import of Yishai for Klai for the Jewish nation. Tonu Rabbanon. Haruach Hachmi Yisrael Omer Baruch Shecholk Mechachmoso Lireav. One who sees the wise of Israel, Tamid Chachamim, Omer Baruch Shecholk Mechachmoso Lireav. Blessed is the one who has given over from, uh, given up, apportioned from his wisdom to those that fear him. Chachme Umos Ha'olam to the wise of the nations. Omer Baruch Shenosan Mechachmoso Lebasavadam. Blessed is the one who is given from his wisdom to flesh and blood. Haroe Malchi Yisrael Omer Baruch Shecholak Mechavodo Lireav. One who sees the kings of Israel makes the blessing. Blessed is the one who has apportioned from his glory to those who fear him. In contrast, Malchi Umos Ha'olam, also blessing is made, a different nosach. The text would be, Omer Baruch Shenosan Mechavodo Lebasavadam. Blessed is the one who has given from his glory to flesh and blood. Amar Rabbi Yochanan, the Olamishada Adam, Lord Slikos Malchisra. Rabbi Yochanan encourages a person should try to run to greet the kings of Israel. Vilolikros Malchai Yisrael, not only the kings of Israel, Elafilikros Malchai Umasaolam, even the kings of the nations. Shemiske Yavchin Ben Malchai Yisrael Malchai Umasaolam. If he merits, he will see the contrast. Rav Sheshes Saginorhar. Rav Sheshes was blind. Havuka Ozle Kule Alma Kule Api Malko. And there is a procession of people coming to receive and countenance the king. The Kamba Azubadai, and he went by them. Rav Sheshes, Ashkreut Suduki. Rav Sheshes found this Suduki, or the Suduki, sorry, found him. Amar Lei Chatsvi. Lenara Kigani Layo. The Rashi explains. Chatz Lenara Hakadin Hashlemim. Full barrels. I understand why they go to the river to draw forth water. I mean, they're, they're, whole, they're whole barrels. They're complete. They don't have holes in them. So very good. That's why you bring them to the, to the water to, to fill up. But... Uh, the the shivurim, the ones that are broken. Lehechan, why would you bring those? So he's, he's saying, saying to him, "You're blind. You're why blind. Are you going to see the king? Yeah, you can't see the king. Where are you going? You're blind. Why are you coming? Be gone. What are you doing? He doesn't understand. He's using this marshal to mock Rav Sheshis. You shall see. Come and see, and you'll see that I know more than you. The first part of the procession came forward, and the Tzaduki said, Oh, the king's coming. He says, No, the king's not coming. The second group gathering came. Now, and they're here, Tzaduki says, Oh, here now is the king. He says, It's wrong. The king is not here. The third procession came. 
When there is silence, he said, certainly now the king is here. He's coming now. So how'd you know? You should know that the kingdom on earth is parallel to the kingdom of the firmament. Dirsiv, verse says, Malachim, Tsei, Vomalta, Vahar Lafonai, Alifnei Hashem, Vineshem Ovev Ruach, Kedola, Chazak, Farak Horim, Shabres, Loim, Ne Hashem, Lov Ruach Hashem, Achar Ruach Rash, Lov Rash Hashem, Achar Rash, Eish, Lov Eish Hashem, Achar Eish, Kol, Demomo, Dako. So you have this whole procession of spectacle, but all that was not the king himself, that all preceded the king. By the king, the, the vision that Elio Novi saw, it was by cold mamadako, a thin still sound, not in all of the, the show and fanfare. That was the, when the presence of the king was, was uh, revealed. So Rav said so too over here. So when the king came, he also malko pasach Rav Sheishes v'kamavarachle. Rav Sheishes was blind, and he blessed him. So you see that the seeing necessary over here doesn't have to be through the, the retina, but it needs to be known that he's here. That's that's uh, interesting. It's perk haroe, right? Talking about birchas hariya, but the actual seeing, at least for this, perhaps in general, requires a knowledge, not necessarily actually just seeing, but a perception of knowledge that he is here. If you, in the presence of the king, even without having the visibility, so if he saw a group of that would be enough. Six hundred thousand people, or he knew there was a group of six in front of him. He's in their presence. Okay, he would have to say what? Perhaps, perhaps. Okay. The one you don't see, or because of him, you're making a blessing. What was the end of the story with this Tzeduki, the Sadducee? Rashi says, The eyes were poked at. The Tzeduki. Alternatively, Rav Sheshis looked at him, even though he was blind, and he became a pile of bones. No, the Tzeduki. So, either way, the Tzeduki was starting up with the wrong person. Should not have started up with Rav Sheshis. But apparently his eyes were powerful enough, according to the Zika Damri, to to look at him and turn him into a pile of bones. Rav Shilo Nagde Lahu Gavra. Rav Shilo beat up, uh, brought uh, lashes, presumably, to that guy. That guy? Okay. Goya. No, new guy. That guy. That guy's out of the picture. Yes. Okay. Non-Jewish woman. An idolatrous. 
So this guy decided he was interested in idolatrous, and Rav Shilo beat him up. Ozal, Ochal, Bekurtse, Bemalko. He went, and seems he uh, took a cut as an informant to the king. Ama Ikechad Gavro Biudai de Kodayan Dino Blohumna de Malko. There is a man amongst the Jews that is rendering judgments without permission from the king. He is not an authorized judge. Shadar Alei Pristuko. So the king starts investigating this. Ki also Amri Lei Ma Taimo Negante, Lahai. So he's, he's summoned, and Rabbi Shilo is asked, Why did you hit that guy? Amalahu, the Baal Hamato. He was engaging in an inappropriate relationship with a donkey. What? Amalay, Esachasadi. So he was questioned further, Do you have witnesses? Amalahu in, he says, Yep, sure thing. Also, Elio, Elio now became Idmeleke Inish, in the form of a man. Vassid and he's testifying. So he's testifying, yes. Well, yeah. If that is correct, then why did you only hit him? Why didn't you kill him? He's liable to the death penalty. Katolo. Which is an interesting question because the case at hand is that Rabbi Shila does not have authority to engage in judgment. But now he's asking, hey, yeah, according to your claim, he's liable to the death penalty. So it could be that he's, he's saying, why didn't you follow the appropriate channels? If you're saying that he was with a donkey, so then you shouldn't have just smacked him around. You should have gotten permission from the king and done the... the what the law demands should be a capital offense. It's included in the rise of Nenoch. So says Rabbi Shilo, From the day that we have been exiled from our land, we do not have permission to mete out capital punishment. You do what you want to do with him. Meaning, you see the fact. And while they were in the middle of investigating, started saying these praises. So, while they're investigating to see that Rabbi Shila is saying these psukim, and they say, what is he saying? What, 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 what is going on over here? Amalu, oh, this is what I'm saying. Blessed is the all-merciful that is giving a kingdom on earth that reflects the majesty of the kingdom of the firmament, the heavenly kingdom. That he's given to you um, jurisdiction, Virach Midino, 
and you love judgment, justice. You love justice. You're pursuing justice. Amru, they said to him, You're so appreciative of the glory of the kingdom. They gave him a symbolic makel, lirdos. Kulfa is a stick in order to be able to, to be a judge. They made him a judge. Rabbi Shila. Amrle don dino. You are now knighted judge. You can give out judgment. You like the kingdom so much, you appreciate the judgment. Welcome to the team. You have permission to judge. Kavinofak, as Rabbi Shila was leaving, Amrle o gavra avrachmana nisa shikri. This guy is fuming. The guy who got hit by Rabbi Shila. And he says, on the way out, he says, what? God does a miracle for, for liars? So, Amar Le, the, the, the better gear says, cutting out hockey. Amar Le, Rasha, wicked one. Lav, Chamer, Ikru. It is based on a verse. It's not a sheker. Tersiv, Asheb, Sachamorim, Sora. That a reference to in Yechezkel, Besar Chamor Besarim, Zirma Susim Zimosam, that in, in, conjunction, in conjunction with certain idolaters, it says that they are considered corpulent like donkeys. It's a, in a pejorative description of idolaters. So he says, yes, to say with a donkey was not lying. So the, the Torah, and I, Ezekiel uses such a pejorative. Oh boy. So now he's wisened up. This guy is looking for vengeance. So what is he? He's Chazu de Ka'azul Luhu. Rabbi Shila sees this guy is going to go and tattle on him. Say, oh, you know what he really meant was idolaters. What about it? That it wasn't that he wasn't saying that I was uh, having an inappropriate relationship with a donkey. It's with a woman who's not who happens to worship idols like you, presumably. So oh, and he's going to go tattle. Yeah, and Omar so Rabbi Shila said, "Hi, Rodifu. This guy is a Rodif. He's a pursuer. He's coming to kill." Ter says, if "Somebody's coming to kill you. Get up early to kill him." He smashed him with his staff, with, with his uh, baton, whatever he was given, and killed him. Whoa. So that's the story. Okay. Yeah, now we have to analyze the story a little bit. Let's, let's go back to the beginning. Rabbi Shila gave the guy Malchus, smacked him up, he beat him up. Not sure exactly what he did. Where is that coming from? Where is that? He's giving him tochacha. Maybe. Maybe it's tochacha. Maybe it's tochacha. Maybe. Where is, where is this coming from? So. What's really high that she's doing Ishish? Well, it's not Ishish. It doesn't say she was a married woman. A Jew with an idolatress. That was the case. So if you take a look at the Rambam. In Sefer HaMitzvos, Mitzvah, Losa Se, 
Hanun Beis 52, he mentions the prohibition of marrying Kofrim, Hishizarnu, Mishatin ba Kofrim, as the verse says in Pashas Veschanan, Lotishatin Bom, do not marry them. Then he continues a bit later, Amra Bola Ramis Kanim Pogibo. One who does engage in an intimate, intimate relationship with an Aramis, an idolatrous, is eligible to be killed by a Kanoi, by a zealot, with somebody who this bothers very much, and he's concerned about this affront to a Kaddish Baruch Hu, against God's will, and of course all the rules, Avot Tzayim Sha'amru, has to be Farhesia in a public forum that he does this, and has to be Bishas Maisa, Kumaisha Sahaya, like Pinchas, uh, being the Kanoi to kill Zimri and Cosby. Has to be all the requirements like that that case. The Im Lo Asa if it wasn't public, oh Shapirish, Lo Pagobo, or if it's no longer caught in the act, Hina Mukhoif Karis is liable to spiritual excision. Who is? The one who engaged in this prohibition. The Jew who is with a non-Jew idolatrous. It's not explicit in the Torah. It's a Pasuk in Malachi. Kabbalah is that it is Karis. And this part is very critical to understand how that fits in with the Rambam in Yad HaZaka. And when it has been proven to be true concerning a man, he was with Gentile woman, with their witnesses and a warning. What happens? He gets lashes biblically. And know this. Well, the Rambam says to know this. That's... Uh, very interesting that... Doesn't usually say, and know this. Uh, yeah, now... now <laughs> and know this. And know this. Like, now, you just said that. Now, the Rambam is the hardest reason to understand because it's hard to, to know how to put everything together. The Rambam, in the beginning of Perakid Beis, Isuribiya, Pasuk Beis says, I'm sorry, Halacha Beis says, that are only prohibited in a context of marriage. What? He said, you better know that if there are witnesses and it's known, then there's Malkus Doraisa. That's what Ram said in Sefer Mitzvahs. Huh? No, it's not Doraisa. What, what does he mean in this context by Derzus? Derzus means not... Hidden or yeah, hidden, not Farhesio, and not not as married. Didn't go make a full ceremony to be married. Only Malkus Doraisa when they're getting married. But not doing it as married. So then he says, it's only Medivre Sof. Makis Maris Medivre Sofer. It's Xera that it might lead to Chasmus. They'll get married. That's the concern. That's what the Raman says over here. So, I don't know. It sounds like he doesn't know what he said before. That you better know that there are Malkus Daraisa 
I don't know what to tell you about that. Very, very schwer. Had to, had to put these two things together. Now, moving on to the source of this Makas Matzgus Medivre Sofrim, the lashes rabbinically, says the Magad Mishnah, Bibrochus Perakarua, Argamara, Rabbi Shilo, Chazil, Lahahu Gavro, the Balgoy, Venagde. This is the source. Rabbi Shilo giving this, beating this guy up is the source for Makis Mardus Medivre Sofrim for Habala Goya Derznos right here. So, understanding how the Rambam on the one hand says in Sefer Mitzvah that there is a punishment of lashes biblically together with what he seems to say over here it's only rabbinic very hard to square away. Now, a little bit later this comes to a head in the same parak, parak Yud Beis, in Halacha Yud, the Rambam says that Yisrael, Abal, Goya, he says, Kivin Shabal, Goya, Bezodun, Arezun, Hereges, Mimne Shabas, Yisrael, Takal, Al Yoda, Kabahemo, Dovzema, Furish, Batera, so we find a precedent to the, the war with Midian as a result of this uh, enticement that the command extended to, to take vengeance, Kanos, to extend to kill the women as well who are engaged in this uh, dragging down of the Jewish men. Says the Ramach, I don't understand. Ramach is also a Rishon. He says, Rambam, you just told me in Halacha Beis that this is strictly rabbinic. So if it's strictly rabbinic, what takala do you have? What loss? What's the problem? What are you getting so excited about? I don't know. Ramach says, yeah, he doesn't know what's going on over here. What's going on over here? Why does the Rambam here seems to take it so seriously? It's got to be biblical in proportion of, of what's going on. Like what he says in Sefer Mitzvos, there's lashes, daraisa, biblical requirement, punishment to get lashes. So how does that shtim, is what he says in Allah Habayz, that it's only makas maris medivir sofim. That that it's a, a relationship with an idolatrous that is not in the context of marriage that is subject to lashes rabbinically, like our story. That's what that's what the Magad Mishnah says. Magad Mishnah says that's the source, our story. So I don't have I'm not offering an answer for you right now, but we do seem to have a stira in the Ramah. What's the Raisa? What's the Rabbana? Not so partial at all. Now, if you take a look in the tour, tour quotes in Simon Tezayin, Ebene Ezer, The beginning of the Raman that we saw, 
and he disagrees with the Rambam. The Torah himself says nearly The Rambam says it's across the board, and the Torah says only the seven Canaanite nations. The Machlokas between Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Yehuda, how we pass in his Machlokas are shown. Is there lashes of Lotus Chatenbaum for Dafka only for the seven Canaanite nations or all idolatrous relationships? Then he says, the tour says there is a result of Malchus because of Losikach, shall not take. The Prisha on that says, Prisha says this is also a biblical prohibition, not merely rabbinic, but there, there's a biblical prohibition of losikach, even when it's not lotis chatin bom. Losikach cannot mean marrying her. It's not possible to affect a Kiddushin with a Jew and a non-Jew. It must be two Jewish parties in order to have a Kiddushin to affect a halachically recognized status of Mikudeshes that she is married to him. The, that stage requires uh, that she be married, both parties be married. The Prisha says, don't think that this is only true in the tour. He's saying it even the Rambam. Only for the Isaf, do you need derech ishus? Do you have to have acting as though they're married? The Jew with this idolatrous woman. But for the Isser, says the Prisha, of losikach, do not take, that is even derech ishus, even not acting as though they're married. And he pushes that even into the Rambam, which fits very well with the Rambam in Sefer HaMitzvos that says you should know it's possible to get lashes biblically for having a relationship with an idolatrous, even though it's not in marriage, on the right circumstances. And it fits well with what he says later on, that there's takala, it's called a terrible tragedy. What's the tragedy if it's no, not biblically prohibited? Clearly the Ramam has more than just the rabbinic lashes that he mentions in Halacha Beis. How to put it together, as I said, not so easy. But the Prisha is working that way also. Prisha says it's not just in the tour, it's also Shita Sarambam. Lashes Daraisa, he now adds to us the verse of Losikach. And that's where it's coming from. And the Beis Yosef does quote our story, the, the Magad Mishnah, as a source from Akis Mardos. It says, Makas Mardos Medivrei Sofrim, Perakaroe, by us, Rabishilah. So that's quoted in Beis Yosef. It seems to be a, how he's learning that, that the reason why he hit this guy was because of these Makas Mardus. 
know, when you'd have Zaraisa Malchus, and in what circumstance, when do you have Makas Mardus? It could be that Eno Hanami. Uh, it's, it's only when there's, when there's, uh, the, the Makas Mardus might not require the same threshold of witnesses and warning. It could be Makas Mardus is even without that. Uh, although it's, it's a, a very hard read in Halacha Beis when he says, V'lo asra Torah ela derech right? How are you getting lashes without the Torah prohibiting other than in the context of marriage? Very difficult. Very difficult. Hard to understand. Could be there are lashes without warning. Maybe that's how the Rama is learning. Also difficult. But you don't normally have such a thing, first of all. You, normally, you only have lashes with a warning. Um, Plus, the Rambam in Sefer Mitzvah says, if it's known that he is guilty of this, with a warning. So which warning? Even if you learn, like the, the Prisha, that it means Mishum Lo Sikach, that that would be the warning. But uh, how does that fit with over here, that he seems to not be compatible with a phase value? It's very difficult to read. It's, it's hard to understand when he says a sweeping statement, V'lo asra Torah ela der chasnas. So, that's, that's a challenge. How to read the Ramam is a challenge. But there, there are some indications you have Daraisa as a possibility. Our case is clearly being interpreted as a derabanan, as a rabbinic lashes being administered for this case. Now, we still have to understand how Rabbi Shila escalates this fine. So he hits the guy. Let's say he's doing what the Magad Mishnah says. He's administering lashes, rabbinic lashes. Now, when he's summoned, he really ups the ante. He says, the guy was being with a donkey. That's what he tells them. The magistrate's over there. Now he's really putting the guy in hot water. That, in theory, could lead to a death penalty. That is presumably what we call a moser. How could Rabbi Shila do this? He's, he's giving over this guy I didn't say he's a big tzaddik but he's a guy that now is at risk of being killed at the hands of these authorities now he's being accused of a relationship with a donkey that they may kill him for how could Rabbi Shila do that? let's take a look what the Ramam says let's take a look he says let's you're not allowed to be a rat and hand him over to the authorities. Even if he's wicked. Even if he's bothering you. Really bad plan. Don't do it. Then he says, It's permitted to kill the Moser. That is only true when he is acting as a rodef. He's on his way to inform, as an informant, to jeopardize the, the, the Jewish people. Then he's a rodef, so kill him. When he's warning, he says, Masrimbo, warn him. But Omar, don't do it. 
Ramam says that he's a most yes to 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 kill a person who's trying to kill others. It's viewed as he's in, he's endangering people willfully. Rabbi Shila, what's oh, he doing? This Gavro was going to be most on him that he that he lied and basically called that. That's later. That's right, later. That's later, right? So Clearly. Then he, killed him then he did kill him. Yes, he said, I'm going to be Moser. So that's the case around says, kill him. He's, he's a rodent. But before that, Rabbi Shila says, he's with a donkey. Whoa! That's before he's a Cheshman, he's a rodent, that he's a Moser. So you hit the guy, Makas Mardis, I understand. But now, what are you doing, Rabbi Shila? Now, keep in mind that the guy did start up with Rabbi Shila already. He, he ratted on him, and he said, you know, he's doing, uh, authoring, uh, you know, rulings, and, and he's engaging in judgment without permission from so the king. he's Peter No, no, it's not. Because he's done. He's done. He's not continuing to do anything. The Ramam in the next halacha says, Asher If he already did it and he gave somebody over, Yerlisha Asher He's done. He said, That guy, get that guy. Now, it's too late. He's not a Moser. He's not a, an active threat. Whatever he did, the cat's out of the bag. He caused problems. But he's no longer a rodif. So whatever the guy said, even if he did cut problems for Rabbi Shila by saying that he's not engaging in judgment legitimately, even if he did that, we don't see that he's a threat to the community. There's no future threat on the horizon. Even if there is a threat of death, potentially, Rabbi Shila, Lachero, has no right to treat him as a Mosa. It's too late. Maybe you should have, should have stopped him before he went and, and tattled on you for hitting. But now, so what that he's getting you into trouble? It's too late. He doesn't have a din Moser. And that's the much Moser of the Gemara. He only invokes Moser later. And the guy says, I'm going to go and tell them that you said that what you meant by donkeys meant idolaters. So what, what is going on over here? How does Rabbi Shilo justified over here and upping the ante and saying a new interpretation. How, where, where, how is that okay? What's, what's going on over here? I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I'm not sure how he has a hetter to do that. How, how is he have a chilek and What's going on over here? Why is he himself not being most of this guy to the authorities? Well, if you look at what happened, we do see that the guy gets out, at least on bail, he's having his conversation, maybe a recess break, I don't know exactly the circumstance, but we don't see that he gets killed, we don't see he gets killed, and I I would be medayik, I would be medayik, that he says, the question asked of Rabbi Shiloh is, do you have witnesses? And he said yes, and he's, and the Onavi shows up, one witness, Perhaps he only had one witness. He's just getting himself out of trouble by showing that he's not maliciously persecuting somebody without justification. No, and one witness. He was just hitting. I understand, but one witness might be enough for that. 
to show that there's substantiation, but two witnesses would be enough to get the guy in real hot water. Two witnesses, they would say, okay, so we have substantiation. The guy did uh, have this inappropriate relationship with a donkey, so kill him. But maybe one witness is not enough. It says that they were doing maso matna, going back and forth. It, doesn't, it wasn't a clear-cut case. So it could be that even though by Sheva Mitzvah Bnei Noach, one witness is adequate, you only need one, but they require witnesses. They said, do you have witnesses? So since that's what they required, and that's what we require as well for Dine Yisrael, for Jewish cases also, must be two witnesses. So showing one was enough to, to get himself out of trouble without actually really jeopardizing this Russia, the guy who's, uh, who he hit for having this relationship with idolatrous. Maybe that's why he's not a Moser, because he was just punting. He's, he was getting himself out of trouble without getting the other guy into more trouble. Maybe, maybe. Otherwise, it's hard to understand how, how he could accuse the guy of something that could line, you know, get, get him in serious trouble, even a potential death penalty, uh, which at this point, he's not called a Rodef. Rabbi Sheila only calls him a Rodef later. Right? Not yet. So that's, that's one possibility. I don't have another Mahalach. I don't, I don't know how else we could justify Rabbi Sheila upping the ante in a way that could jeopardize this Russia. Right? That can't be most or even in Russia, the Ramam said. Okay, so that's... Uh, the, at, the, at the end of this, he's very uh, grateful for what happened and he starts darshaning this Pasuk. Yeah. Holvis Avid, Amar Holvis Avid, Linisa, Bahaikra, says, Rabbi Shiloh, since a miracle was done for me with this verse, this was the verse that he was started saying, praising God. So, and that's what led to his being given authority and what he, how he's able to save himself by killing this guy afterwards. So, Darishnale, I will darshan this pasuk, I will uh, go into exposition of what the verse means. To you, O God, is greatness. That's referring to creation. Similarly, it said, uh, verse in Eov, He does great works till there is no... Uh, no audience, no one who can quantify it, review it. Bagvura zu yitzis mitzrayim. What is the gvura, the greatness uh, of strength? Is the Exodus? Shenemar, as the verse says, Shmos vayayisrael as hayadogdola, the great hand uh, metaphor, how God took us out of Egypt. Batiferes, the zu chamalavana. This is the standing still. Tiferes, this uh, greatness of God that we're referring to over here, that uh, the, the glory reflected in him stopping the sun and moon. Sha'amdullah Yeshua, that stood still for Joshua. Shnemar, as the verse says in Yeshua. Vaidom Hashemesh v'yoreach omad ad yikom goy oivav. Till he's able to uh, finish this battle. So that's, the, that's a Tiferes. 
Netzach, the victory is referring to the downfall of Romi. And in a similar vein, is stated in Yeshaya. So that's uh, reflective the the uh, the imagery of the, the spurting through the the victory on God's garments, as it were, uh, is referring to the victory over my palace Sharomi. That's a reference to that miracle that God performed on our behalf in the desert that we sang a shira for, a song extolling the praise for the salvation. We didn't even realize that we were in danger at that point. This is referring to the war that Devorah led, uh, Devorah and Barak, against Sisra. That the, uh, the war was waged from the heavens, the stars from their orbits wage war with Sisra. And uh, the conclusion of the verse is referring to the war against Amalek. Uh, referring to the Malucha, God's uh, kingdom will be established through the vanquishing of Amalek. One who lifts up is referring to the war with Gogomogo, the uh, foretold war at the end of days. Even the one who is appointed to be in charge of the distribution of water is appointed from the heavens. That's that's uh, any appointment. God is the the one who uh, decrees it. Mamuna alha chofrin chafiras amalosim mayim kitel hashkos ben sadosam for irrigation purposes. That's uh, a public uh, a public servant who is appointed for for irrigation and water distribution. That is a relatively low level official that has a srara, misnase, but it is still appointed by God. So he made all these drashas in describing this pasik, various facets of praising God for his role throughout history, large and small. So Tana Mishmei, Vemasnisa Tana Mishmei Drabi Akiva, Lecha Hashem Agdula, Zukrius Yamsuf, Vagvura Zumakas Bacheres, Rabbi Kiva had a different drasha, that Gedula is Chris Yamsuf, the splitting of the sea. Gevura is the 
the plague of the firstborn, Vatiferes, Zumat and Torah, that is referring to the giving of the Torah, it's called Tiferes, the glory. Vanetzach, victory, is Jerusalem, Yerushalayim, Ahod, Zubis Mikdash, that is, Hod is the building of the temple. That should be Kivas Jerusha. Nonches and Bez the top. Tonarabana. Haroe Bati Yisra Bishuvan. One who sees the houses of Israel in their dwelling, that, that they are established. Ome Baruch Metzugvul Amona. Blessed is the one who restores the border of the widow. Bechurbanon in their destruction. Ome Baruch Daino Emes. Seeing these homes in disrepair is a tragedy, but we express our recognition that whatever he does is for the best we express that as him being the true judge even if we don't understand it but they have the kochavim houses of idolaters be yeshuv and omeborach geim yisach Hashem that first part of the verse that's uh, a uh, essentially the blessing is uh uh, a prayer that God uh, caused the the haughty to to be brought down. If they are brought down and it's in disrepair, then these homes of the idolaters, uh, when we see them in their destruction, we praise God for being the God of uh, judgment, of uh, vengeance. Who has appeared? Ula and Ravchista were traveling. Kimatu and they came to the entrance, the house of Ravchana Barchanilai. He he struck and and groaned. Why are you groaning? Don't you know that groaning is harmful to the body? It breaks half of the body. As the verse says in Yechezkel, So that, why are you doing that? Rabbi Yochanan Yochanan says it's worse than that, not just the whole body. This sighing is destructive to the whole body. Shenamar. And it will melt all the heart. Etc. So it's bad for the whole body. How, why are you groaning so much? Amalei. How could I not sigh, cry out? A house that had 60 bakers. 60 during the day and 60 at night. And they were baked for anyone who needed. And he didn't take his hand from his pocket. Maybe he'll encounter a poor person from good upbringing and by the time he puts his hand in his pocket the guy would be embarrassed 
So he kept his hand in his pocket, ready to give right away, as soon as he detected somebody needing. And further, he had opened to the four, four gates to the four directions of the world. And all that came up hungry left satisfied. And he would leave out grains of wheat and barley in the years of famine. So that all that were embarrassed to take during the day would come and take at night. Now it has fallen in a heap and ruin. And should I not groan? How could I not groan? Seeing this uh, apparent uh, reflection of judgment against the, the highest ideals. So he said in response, in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, From the day that the destruction of the temple took place, a decree was decreed against the houses of the righteous. Sheyachibut, they should also be destroyed. Shneamar, as the verse states, Isaiah, Be'oznai Hashem Tzvokos, Imlo Botim Rabim Lashoma, Yiyu Gedolim Vitovim Me'en Yoshev. So that verse is interpreted as such. So this is a decree. But you should know that although the decree was for the destruction, ultimately they will be returned and be settled. So he has, he has a uh, uh, consolation. What does it mean in the verse, like Mount, uh, uh, the mountain of Zion? Just as the Temple Mount will again be, uh, or, well, uh, not, her, uh, not the Temple Mount, but the, the Mount of Zion, which is a reference to the, the Jewish settlement around the, the Temple Mount. Uh, like a Silwan area, something like that, around that area in Jerusalem, Zion, So too, the houses of the righteous will in the future be restored by the Holy One, blessed be He, and they will be settled. He saw that these words were not accepted and restorative. He still was upset by this seeing this destruction to a house that was used for so much good. He said a different tack. He said it's enough for the slave to be like the master. God's house is destroyed. The temple is destroyed. So it's a decree that the house of the righteous also be destroyed. And the, the slave does not need to have more than his master. It's, it's a tragedy. And the servant of God is not better than the master. Tana Rabbana. 
sees the graves of Israel, makes a blessing. Blessed is the one who has formed you in judgment, in judgment, and sustained you in judgment, and has provided for you in judgment, and gathered you in in judgment, and will in the future uh, stand you up in judgment. That's a reference to the resurrection of the dead. Uh, a different conclusion in the name of Rav Nachman and he knows the number of all of you and he will bring you to life and to stand you up blessed is the one who restores the dead who brings, brings yeah, could take a look could take a look it's brought la'alacha it's brought in. Yeah, take a look at Oz Gimel. And, uh. Perik Yud and Hilchos Brachos. Yud Tess. And it's also brought in the tour. Simon Reish Chavdalit. Sif Yud Beis. So. That's the. That's the bracha by basic Chorus of Yisrael. In general, these brachas are once every 30 days, by the way. Yeah. Uh, it says, Kivri of the Bush similar to the verse we saw earlier um, from Yermiyah Anavi about seeing a multitude of idolaters. So we have this same. Uh, Declare the same verse uh, by the Kivre of the Avadazar, by the graves of idolaters. Omar Rabbi Shuban Levi, Haroe es Havero la Achashlosh Mion, Omar Borshech Yonav Kimano Vigiano Lismanaze. When he sees a friend after 30 days that he hasn't seen, a friend that he rejoices in seeing, right? not, uh, not just anybody, so that, that warrants a bracha. Glad to be alive and to experience that uh, camaraderie, friendship in person. After 12 months of uh, being separated, blesses the one who restores the dead. That is only uh, in the case where he did not know that he was still alive. Amar Rav. Should know that the, the dead are only hidden from the forgotten from the heart after twelve months. Shneimar, as the verse states in Tehillim, Nishkarti kames milev, Yoyisi tichli oved. So that that verse gives substantiation. Twelve months is the the normal period uh, of mourning as well. Rav Papa, Rav Huna, Rav Yeshua, Havu Ka'azli Ba'orcha. They're going, they're traveling. Pogobe Rav Chanino, Bereid the Ra'ika. And they met Rav Chanino, the son of Rav Ika. Amrulei, Bahadi, Echazinoch, Barichinin, Allah, Tati. Now that we see you, we will make two blessings. Borach Hashacholak, Mechach Mosul, the Rev. He was a big Chacham, so blessed is the one that is given of 
apportioned from his wisdom to those who fear him. He's a Jewish sage, as we saw on Amar Aleph. Vejeriano, and this new one that we just saw now, it's been more than 30 days uh, for both, and he says, Shechiyono, we're so glad to be alive, to experience your friendship in person. Amaluhu onanami, he said back, uh, the, the gear so we have, is Rabbi uh, Rav Hanino, the son of Rav Iko, said back, since I see the two of you, I, I consider you as seeing two gatherings of 600,000 from the house of Israel. And I will bless on you three. The two that you said. And the blessing seen over a multitude of Jews. By the way, this is not in Israel, presumably. Uh, as the Beis Yosef and Kesef Mishnah points out, that he wasn't speaking realistically. He wasn't saying he's actually going to... But where is this taking place? This presumably is taking place in the land of Bavel, outside of Israel. And still he says, to make the blessing, Chachamarazim. Sounds like it does not need to be in Israel. Um, and Kesemishness pre- presents a possibility that in he argues on Rav Ula that we saw earlier, that says, there is no multitude in Bavel. That's what the Kesemishness says. For the Rambam, who paskins it, you only make the blessing over a multitude of Israel in the land of Israel. In any event, he made he he did this third blessing. You're such a bechacham. This takes talking tough to him that you that you're making the brach of chacham razim so much to to say upon us. And they gave him a look, and he died. Rev, the one the one who made this third bracha, it was according to Argirsa Rav Chanina Bered Rav Ika. Wow. So. Well, you have to you have to be careful dealing with Amaraim. Don't look at Make sure they don't look at you the wrong way. So, pretty pretty amazing. Um, their uh, their friends making mechaya mesim right, but still dangerous friends. Watch out. <laughs> you know, what what's the idea over here? Well, apparently they Why did they, they, look at him? they said he's going too far. He's going too far to extend this blessing. I well, they said it's well. You're right. What's the idea? Why are they taking it so such offense? I would suggest that the blessing is for God who sees the chachmaso in His wisdom. What's believed? Kol echad All this multitude of Jewish people. And that's true to some degree by a chacham. You know, a chacham might say one way one time, have a chakira look at it a different way. A chacham might be able to countenance a bunch of perspectives. I understand. And you want to bless God for knowing what's in the heart of the chacham. Okay, but to put it on the equal footing with chacham arazim that knows what's in the lay of kol echav echav mishishim ribo of the 600,000, that is they're saying, presumably, not a good equation. It's now not giving the full accord to what Chacham Arazim really means. He doesn't actually have 600,000 stud in his Chakira. He's a smart guy and everything. He's wise and he looks at things in different angles, but still, at the end of the day, he's one person. And therefore, to praise God, who is the, the knower of secrets, on one Chacham, that he's saying each one of them is like 600,000, that they felt was a guzma 
that was actually, uh, to a certain degree, a kalos, taking light, the, the shavach of HaKadosh Baruch, the praise of God that is due of Chacham Arazim, who is the knower of secrets of what's in the heart of each individual. So for that, they felt it was uh, perhaps honoring them, but at the expense of God, and they, they took offense to that. So surprisingly, it is brought. Uh, I would think that, you know, I read this and I say, wow, you know, no chance he'd ever do that. Sounds like he was dead wrong, right? <laughs> yeah. But if you look, uh, some of the Shonim seem to bring it. Uh, surprisingly, the... Uh, don't, don't say that to him. <laughs> yeah, if you take a look at Rabbeinu Yonah, it says, Yes, it does have that story, but he sounds like, you know, thumbs up. The way our Gemara reads sounds sound like, like dangerous business, don't do it. We see other Rishonim also. Uh, yeah, no. hard to understand why it's being brought. I don't know, I just don't know. As, as, a, as though it's acceptable. It sounds like it's not acceptable. Uh, maybe they're paskening that he was right and they were wrong. I, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, it does uh, sound like, I would suggest, not a good idea uh, from at least the conclusion of Argomar. Yeah, oh, and getting back to uh, the, the question of uh, Rav Shila for a minute, that you asked, you said, is it tochacha? The, the marshal actually does say, Rabbi Shila, when he, when oh, he hit the guy, yeah, why did he hit the guy? So marshal does say, there was a tochacha. That's what he says. Um, again, it doesn't, it doesn't answer our question of how he's allowed to up the ante and, and now bring about charges that might endanger him. Uh, that that we I didn't see anybody talk about actually, but when uh, Marshad does say that what is he hitting for? He doesn't say, like the Magid Mishnah is quoted by Beis Yosef as well, that it was for the Iser of Baal uh, Ramis Der Znos. Does not say that, uh, but he does say it's Tochacha, as a rebuke, form of rebuke, and that also is is the way he explains the justification that it's not meeting out judgment but a form of rebuke. Uh, so that's how he's trying to get out of it. He didn't uh, tell him that he was wrong. Sorry, what was that? He didn't tell him that he was wrong. Who didn't tell who? Uh, told the person who was, so to speak, uh, uh, an inappropriate relationship with he, I mean, certainly by hitting him, it's, it's giving a pretty clear message. I'm sure he must have said something with that as well. The, the lashon of the marsha is tochacha be'alma, meaning it's not, even though it's, uh, he's not allowed to meet out judgment without authority from the king, but tochacha be'alma, to give the guy a little smackdown that he needs to shape up, that he felt is not acting in judgment per se, but friendly tochacha be'alma. That's what the marsha says. Not like the Magad Mishnah. Magad Mishnah says that it's that he's doing the din. It's makis mardos, midivrei sofer. That's uh, 
Machlokas. Well, anybody could come and say No, that, that's a good question. Who has well, a right? You, who has a right to administer? Who has a right to administer? How do you just that's a good question. That is a very good question. Who has a right to, to be doing this? Rebbe, Rebbe Shila, presumably, I, I don't know, Rebbe often means that he's musmach, that he is authorized, but who could, could engage in, uh, in tochacha of this manner? It's, it's actually a bit of a controversial point. If somebody could be shluchosayokab, you know, if we're doing the... Being acting as messengers for Bezdin that are smuchin that have the authority to do such a thing, where, where do you, uh, who has actually the authority, as a as a head yet today, uh, would you have some limited cases, uh, where it seems there's authority to uh, to get involved. Uh, the the lashon, the meshovim nesivus in the beginning, of. Uh, of Choshen Mishpat, Simon Gimel, he's, uh, he says, the Ktsos says, that uh, we are allowed to be mafresh me'isr through hakobe alma. Hakobe alma, we could give the guy just a smack to stop him from doing isr. So, it wouldn't necessarily be authorized to give a punishment for us, we're not. We don't have smicha today, but to stop him from the future transgression, the the Nesivis disagrees, and we have others to take a look or sameach. But um, the Ktsos does give even without smuchim some authority for haka uh, in in that vein. So that's uh, that's a possibility.